It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Uh, Landon, today is not the day that maybe we were hoping for or anticipating uh, after the Cowboys lost to the Eagles. How you doing, buddy? You doing all right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we we had had hopes that, that there was an opportunity for them to do something with it. But I think, you know, even though I picked the, the, the Cowboys to win just because it was the Eagles and I felt like they were just as inept and the Cowboys seemed to be built to build, beat a team like the Eagles – I did think we all both offer up the caveat, and I mean, you even picked the Eagles, if I remember, that this team is not a stable platform anymore, and hasn't been for a while, and like that that we can't accurately predict what they're going to do, and and I think, you know, this is a this what happened Sunday seemed like a very familiar tune, and and really, I mean, I hate to be like this, but it felt like. Early on in the game, once that happened, that the Cowboys uh, were kind of on a path to destruction at that point. Like, even though the game was close at all throughout the, the, for most of the game, uh, you know, it, they they woke up only partially in the second half, it felt like, on offense. The defense showed up, but, I mean, it just it never really fully got going on either side of the ball, it felt like. To me, and I said this to my dad as, as I was watching the game with him, it felt like the Jets game in a lot of ways where Dallas felt like, hey, we can turn on the switch whenever. It's not a big deal that we get down 10 nothing or whatever it was in the, the Jets game, but you get down early and all of a sudden, now your game plan changes. You can't be as balanced on offense uh, maybe as you want to be. The, the Eagles knew exactly what Dallas wanted to do. They, they, they stopped the Cowboys rushing attack pretty well, but... Um, yeah, it just felt like one of those games where you knew after two drives, Cowboys probably didn't have it today. Uh, and you just didn't see that kind of energy or urgency from the entire team. And uh, it was frustrating. So um, we're going to dissect this whole game. Let's go ahead and start with the big picture thing, Landon. Um, obviously, the Cowboys, their playoff chances are <laughs> very slim. They've got to win next week, and the Eagles would have to slip up to the Giants in New York. <laughs> Uh, certainly can happen, certainly can I, happen. Let's not uh, it, it let's could, not let's not rule it, it out. Happen, yeah, but but I feel like that's kind of secondary. Sure, right absolutely. Now, right? Yeah, there's absolutely no way that you can bring back this coaching staff next year, right? I mean, th- this game, if nothing else, it did them in. Yeah, right? I mean, I think that there's there's okay. no way that you're falling accidentally into the playoffs, and I mean, short of them getting in the playoffs and going all the way to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine. You know, I can't imagine. And it's there wasn't like one specific coaching thing you can point to yesterday, but it just feels like this. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It just feels like going into these games, you know that the Cowboys have a severe coaching disadvantage, 
and there's nothing they can do about it. There's there's just a culmination of errors throughout a game between uh, maybe not going for it on a fourth down and one call and then going for it on a fourth down and nine, a, a drive later. Uh, some of the even choices to kick field goals at certain points were was kind of confusing. Um, I, I, I guess I'm speechless now for the, the Jason Garrett era. I mean, this is it's truly a weird day for me as a Cowboy fan because I, I just I, I don't even know what to say about this coaching staff anymore. It's the biggest game of the season, and they lay an egg. How does that happen? I mean, you know, I, 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 as much as we want to lay this at the feet of, of uh, the, the coaching staff, I think there was a lot of really ind- bad individual play as well. And I think you're right that, I mean, you don't lay an egg like this without there being issues all across the board on this team. And also, It seems like there are some deep-rooted issues here, right, that just go beyond the game. I mean, that, that's kind of what we're starting to pick up on from some people in the media, right? It just seems like for whatever reason, this is not a team that has gelled super well this season. It's not a team that seems like they have the same kind of energy or fight that they had last year. I'm just not sure what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, I think every team is different every year. And I think that to a certain degree, there was this idea that, and they had a lot of talent, and they had a scheme that was uh, had unlocked this talent, and they had felt that early on in the year, uh, with with you know three early wins that, that kind of indicated as such. And then it's like they 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 got away from it, and then they didn't know how to get back to it, and with you know, mm-hmm. and then I think that they all everyone just kind of was like waiting around for it to like reappear suddenly and it just never kind of did i mean i I don't know i've never really seen a team like this before where they're so talented they're good and like when they're on they're as good as any team they can beat anybody you know i i really believe that even despite the fact that they haven't you know had great records against winning teams i don't i don't think that's because of their inability to beat those teams i think they have the talent and when it's working uh the scheme with the talent to to do it but the problem is, is, is that they don't do it with any level of consistency a- a- anymore. That it, no, it, it could actually be called none. like their actual identity. It's actually now more of a fluke than it really is yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, their like actual identity. So we saw one game this season where they pu- put it all together against the yeah, Rams, yeah. right? One game. Other than that, you saw it for quarters at a time. Maybe you even saw it for a half yeah. at a time, but. No, we we didn't. We saw we have way more evidence that this is a team that is pretty bad. I mean, how many quarters have this has this team gone scoreless? Well, I mean, or, that's that's know, the shocking thing is is that yeah, like it's all those scoreless quarters. I mean, you look at the point differential for this team, like, and and, and yeah. the record should be crazy higher than it is. And and I think you know it's it, that's what's so unique about it is that it's not just a mediocre team that plays good sometimes it's not just a great team that can be inconsistent at times i mean i hate to say this but it feels like it's a bad team that can play great like for stretches of points and i don't know that i've ever really seen a team like that you know that like that consistently plays poorly but has the ability for stretches to play at an elite level 
It look, to me, they look like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was just thinking, as I was saying, I was just thinking yeah. of Jameis Winston. I was like, like yeah, we, exactly we are the team is, embodiment right? of Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, the person, right? Like the, we are the yeah, team embodiment. exactly. And it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Where it's you know they can get hot for a half or so, but are you ever really going to trust them in a big game? Absolutely not. There's absolutely no reason to, and that's why even going into this game. Uh, the Cowboys have won, I don't know how many straight against Philadelphia. They've won so many straight against the division. I had no confidence that they would actually win this game because that's exactly who they are. Um, it's it's incredibly frustrating. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, exactly who they are this year, but it seems like previous years, this was the game they won that saved Jason Garrett's job, and, and then yeah. this is the difference this year, right? All right, really quickly, before we go to break, how much of an impact do you think having not only you know coaches on one-year contracts and lame duck coaches but having so many players on one-year contracts made an impact do you think that you know impacted them at all this season uh yeah sure i think it did i mean i I, we could talk about it you know in depth but i think there was lots of small decisions along the way that uh that you know were made because out of desperation you know out of the final season uh, including some bigger choices including making kellen more the offense coordinator i think uh yeah i think it did make a difference did it, i don't i mean did it make, ultimately did it make enough difference probably not we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93% of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about the Cowboys' struggles on offense in Philadelphia. All right, Landon, we were actually talking pre-show about which side of the ball deserves more blame, the offense or the defense. Uh, We'll get to the defense in a second, uh, but let's talk about the Cowboys' offense right now. Uh, It was a pretty rough day for them as a team. Uh, They finished the game with 311 total yards. They could not run the ball. 16 carries for 54 yards, 3.4 yards a carry. Uh, Tony Pollard had the fumble. Uh, Prescott was off. The receivers were dropping passes. Um, it, it just it, it was a sloppy game from the offense. Uh, what did you see out there? On okay, Sunday? before we get into destroying, because there's plenty to go around there. I do want to point out that the one group I felt like on this entire team that had a good game was the offensive line. I was just about to I, mention I, that, even with the injuries that they yeah. had. I thought they played really, and, really and well. And I, as someone, I, I want to you know point out when I'm wrong. Uh, uh, Xavier Sufiel has played really well this these last few games. Uh, you know, I mean, especially mm-hmm. against expectation of what we're expecting. I, I'm not saying he's better than Connor Williams. I still think that's madness. I still think Connor Williams is the starter when he comes back. But as someone who has been mocking those who have been <laughs> saying that Xavier Sufiel is the answer, I will rightfully point out. I feel like. In the last two games, he's played maybe his two best games as a Cowboy. And and outside of that, I thought the sure. entire offensive line more than did their end of – held their end of the job up for sure. sure. Um, I, 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 I was going to say, I agree. I thought they all played well. Uh, the Eagles have a really good front yes. four, and the Cowboys handled them pretty well. I know Dak had two sacks, but two of those were more him just trying to get yeah. outside the pocket and make play. So it wasn't really on no. him. Now, having said that <laughs> – 
everybody else in the offense was incredibly inconsistent, including Dak. And I um, and really, the wide receiver core, what just played. I mean, I got to see the all twenty-two, but I I think they played just absolutely atrocious. Wait, you're gonna ruin your Christmas by watching the all twenty-two? No, I mean, if I will probably wait till after the holiday or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I might have to wait till like June or July to finally get around there. Yeah, I just you know like it felt like I mean obviously outside of the drops, which seemed pretty clear. It just also felt like Dak wasn't finding anybody open against a what was supposed to be a pretty terrible defensive back group. And, and I guess it- well, I do want I, I, I want to say something really quickly. Uh, I remember on our Friday show we were talking about whether uh, Jim Schwartz was going to blitz or not. Uh, I thought they were going to. Uh, you made the case that they won't or they wouldn't, and actually that you were right in this case. I think they only blitzed like six snaps on, on Sunday. They played coverage and they were able to take away the Cowboys' big plays in this game. So. Kudos to you for getting that call. Well, right. I mean, I just think that, and, and I and I think they probably learned their lesson pretty quick. I mean, a couple of these plays, you know, was basically like I remember. I think they swung one out to Zeke on a on a zero blitz where he had no one on him, and he just had to beat a guy to the corner for a first down. That uh, deep throw down the field to Gallup was on a zero was on zero coverage with blitz. You know, I, I just think that they tried it a couple times, and and they certainly paid for it. And yeah, like they said, they're not good at it. And and they, with, since they don't have good cover coverage guys, I, I you know it, the thought was that they would just clog things up, and clearly they did. And what ended up happening is that, uh, you know what ha- what usually happens when that works, you got a quarterback who stands in the pocket, who's standing in the pocket, may not be getting hurried, may not be getting a huge rush, but he also has nowhere to go, and um, and so he eventually just would get flushed, or eventually you know the offensive line can't hold them for five seconds, so. Um, it, it eventually became a, a you know a scramble situation or incomplete. You know, I, I I still think that with as much talent as we have on this receiver core as we as we perceived we had, there could have been a better job. And frankly, I mean, like, look again, the drops are just unacceptable. They've been un- unacceptable all season, and the the ones that we got, you know, in the game, you know, some of them were, you know, Dak not putting the ball exactly where it needs to be. But I, I, I mean, make a play for your quarterback for God's sakes. Make yeah, the not even just make a play, make the play. Like if it's third and seven yeah. and the ball is coming at you and you got two hands on it, catch the ball, man. Like, well, okay. So here, here's the thing. I would say there was some drops in this game. I believe there was six total. Um, there were some that were incredibly difficult sure. catches, that I, and there were some that were mind-numbing drops. I'll give you two. Obviously, everybody remembers the Amari Cooper one uh, that basically ended a drive. It was out on third down. Yeah, yeah it was, third, it was, down. Yes, third, it was down. third down. Okay, so there's another one in the first half where the Cowboys are trying to get um, they're trying to get into field goal range, and. Uh, yeah, here he is. Second and 14. The Cowboys had the ball at their own 47-yard line. Dak throws a ball to the sideline to Jason yeah. Witten, wide open, and it would have been about a 9- or 10-yard gain, uh, and then he drops the ball. Hits him right into the hands. The next play, Dak gets sacked, and the Cowboys have to punt. You go from being in a third or you know a second and 14, which could have been a third and three, to now you're in third and 14 and you get another sack. Those are the, the the drops that are just so frustrating. Where there's nobody around you, the ball hits you in the in the hands, and you drop it. We've had now twice the witness done that in back to back weeks, and 
I, I, I don't know. Do you blame the player? Do you blame the coaches? I, I don't know anymore because it's just becoming such a habit from some of these players that it, it's costing them games. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, like you look at the – I mean, Amari Cooper went 12 targets for four receptions. Gallup was 11 targets for five receptions. And, yeah. you know, these are guys that uh, – you're touting as your 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 advantage, right? Uh, in this situation, I mean, Gallup put five for ninety eight. Like, I'm not saying he had a bad game, yeah. But that's a, but that's eleven. Tar- I mean, that's that's twenty three targets for nine receptions. Twenty three. Yeah, as I say, there's certainly chances for him to make more yeah. plays. I, I think th- there's no doubt. I about think it's that. A, you know twenty three targets and all you get's one hundred and thirteen yards. Like that's not a lot. You know what I'm saying? And and, and considering no, I considering the if you look on the other side of the ball with the you know, the, the so so called lesser lesser than receiving core and look at you know the rate they're completing their their targets you know i mean it's the the the, the discrepancy is is quite large and and so when he can't get the help i mean like i i i mean i i don't even know that we're asking again we're not asking them to make the big plays we're just asking asking them to make the play provided at this point and yeah. we couldn't yep. even get that from the receiving core and frankly the tight end Group was similar. I mean, that was a huge drop for Witten. Um, you know, Jarwin got a 14-yard uh, catch down the field, but he also uh, was the guy that allowed a defender to, defender to come through and cause a huge, uh, I think, second down run for a, a huge loss. Uh, you know, <laughs> Witten did the yeah, same thing. I, mean, I was going to say so, Witten had the same one on their. I mean, the, it was just a bad, just a bad game. And then you know, everyone calling for Pollard. They come in, the dude gets two touches and, and he gets a you know zero yards and a fumble, and it's like it's just it's just one of those games. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't even know what to say about the offense anymore. I, they're so talented, but they're so inconsistent. Inconsistent. It's just it's so hard to rely on. Three them. of fourteen um, on third down conversions. I mean, that's that. And this was a team earlier. It was in the one year of the best on third the best downs. in the NFL. They may still be after this game. I don't know. I mean, that's how good they were. But you know, thir- three or fourteen uh, on third downs, you know, that's not going to cut it. And especially if you're not making any real effort to try to convert before third down. I agree. Um, I want to talk about the defense, um, but really quickly, Landon, I'm gonna I'm gonna just give you Chris Jones's performance throughout the day uh, and tell you how he did as a Cowboys punter. First punt of the game, 38 yards, goes to the Philadelphia 37 yard line. Next punt, 40 yards, Ugh. Philadelphia gets it at the 28-yard line. The next punt is a 35-yard punt that they return 22 yards. So that's a net of, what, 13 yards, 11 yards? I don't know. My math is bad. <laughs> the next punt is a 30-yard punt to the Philadelphia 34-yard line. Uh, the next punt is a 56-yard punt out of the back of the end zone, so a net of 36 yards. And then his final punt of the day was a 38-yard punt to Philly 34-yard line a four-yard return by Philadelphia. Um, special teams. Uh, I have been saying it all season long. It's the reason they haven't made the playoffs this year. They have, the Cowboys have been incredibly inconsistent, but they've got no splash plays from their special teams, and they've killed them in so many different games. Tony Pollard was bad as a returner today or yesterday. Uh, they lost the field position battle all game long because Chris Jones couldn't get a punt further than 40 yards. They can't cover kicks. Uh, Philadelphia returned three different kicks outside or past the 30-yard line. Uh, it, it's just a unit that has killed them all season long, and it's it's kind of fitting that 
in the in the biggest game of the season, they were awful once again. Uh, any thoughts on the Cowboys special teams from this no, game? No, I mean, I wish I could say that it was even a little bit surprising, but it wasn't. I mean, they were absolutely atrocious, and field position was a huge part of this, I would say. Um, and, you know, they it's it's not even just that they uh, – again, it's, it's not even that they're not making plays. It's that, you know, we can't even get, like, average special teams play. Ever no. right, and so it's just sets you at such a disadvantage that frankly this team just <laughs> does not need. And uh, no. you know, I, I think when we look back at uh, at you know the sins of what this this team had you know done and the coaching staff had done to this team, I, I think you know we can't we can't ignore that Chris Jones has been dealing with back injury all season, and I, I mean that's part of it. But at the same time do something about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's go find go a find different, a different punter. punter. He, he was, put him on injured. He was reserve. the worst punter in the league. I was going to say he was the worst punter in the league in net punt average, uh, gross punt average. Uh, hang time was one of the worst in all football. So you had to make a change. And for whatever reason, they decided to stick with him, and it cost That's them. the thing. I think one of the things that's most frustrating to me is that, you know, it felt like when they've had problems at offense, they've tried to do stuff with it. When they've had problems with defense, they try to fix it. They have not done anything other than finally, you know, kind of moving on from Mar because they felt as they had to, uh, and then getting Kai Forbath, and um, you know, and, and who's been better for sure. For, I mean, that's that's been an improvement. But outside of that, it feels like they've made. No real efforts to kind of fix the coverage units, or, or you no. know, and that's it, and it feels like it, it may sound like not a big deal, but it's it, it adds up, especially with a team that can't you know have that kind of thing. Yep, I agree. Um, let's pause, we'll take one more break, we'll come back and we'll talk about this Cowboys defense. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. um, I think this defense deserves more blame than what they're getting on Monday morning. Um, I I don't think they were particularly good. Carson Wentz was able to carve up this defense uh, despite having basically no receivers. Zach Hurts got hurt early in this game. Uh, Wentz was 31 of 40 for 319 yards, averaging 8 yards an attempt. Uh, Philadelphia didn't run the ball particularly well. They had one long run at the end of the game that kind of skewed things a little bit. Uh, but allowing guys like Craig Ward Jr. to make big, big plays. Uh, Dallas Goddard had a monster game despite really being their only weapon. Um you know, I, I just don't think this defense played well. And, and I think this has been the problem all year long is they don't get enough takeaways. Uh, they don't get off the field enough. They allow long drives. Um, what would you say was the team's biggest problem on that side of the ball on Sunday? <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, where do we where do we begin? I, I, I think it, they kind of went back to a lot of their previous issues of uh, – 
having problems uh, making tackles at, at the line of scrimmage when they needed to. They've had problems identifying screens. Uh, they've had problems lining up on side. It's ridiculous. They've had problems, um, you know, and it, it, I mean, I, I think that it's crazy. You know, speaking of things that don't, you know, match your eyes, like Shadobi uh, Awuzie, like his ability to stay in phase with the best receivers in football and barely give up t- uh you know, passes to those guys and do the same thing with no names as well is frustrating to say the least. Like, you know, I mean, like, cause you feel like he's good enough to do this. Uh, but then, you know, he just, he never has taken that next step. And, and it's, it's obviously to the point where you have to consider doing something about it. Um, he got benched yesterday for his tackling. Like, I don't know if you saw the play that I think they benched him for. It was on a run to his side. Dad had no interest in trying to tackle the running back at all. Just kind of let him run right by him. I mean, some of the effort in, in tackling yesterday, outside of a couple guys like Sean Lee and Demarcus Lawrence uh, and Michael Bennett, was pretty pathetic. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's... Uh, it's been the issue all year, yeah. though. If, if it's not one of those guys making a play, who is? Yeah. I mean, I thought Byron had a really good day yesterday. He, he, I should include him. He was another one I thought played well. But outside of those, you know, three or four guys, man, the rest of that defense leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, it's just no one's coming up making the play. Um, you know, Demarcus Lawrence had a couple of nice rushes. Quinn got a sack, but no one else is creating pressure. Um, no one else is doing anything, and and even those guys aren't you know getting to the quarterback enough for it to matter. I mean, Quinn actually had a couple of different plays where he rushed the passer, affected the throwing arm. Yeah, I you know, agree. like yep. uh, and, I'm sorry, Lawrence. Did I say Lawrence? I meant Lawrence. Yeah, I thought Quinn played. Quinn okay played okay too, I, too. But Lawrence, I thought, really had a good game, um, despite not having an actual sack. I thought you know he actually affected the quarterback, made made him force some throws, actually got his hand on on a throwing arm forcing a throw, uh, a missed throw. Uh, you know, it's the linebackers just, you know, tackling everybody four, three and four yards downfield, missing tackles. You know, I think Joe Thomas took a bad angle on a, on a, on a, on a backside reverse. I mean, it, so did Malcolm yeah. Smith. He had a bad angle Malcolm on Smith, one, I, got I, I will down. say Malcolm Smith played better than I expected. Like he actually had, he actually did some things a couple different times. Yeah, I mean, considering that they signed Off, him, on yeah, Tuesday that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think they, they, what they consist, you know, they they let Philadelphia get fifty percent on conversions on third down. I mean, there were so many different yeah. times where they f- it felt like they had finally figured it out and got them into long third down situations, which is where you want to get Philadelphia. And then they were allowing them to convert them, and uh, you know I think they were like well, they were they were six of fourteen, which you know is almost fifty percent, you know, and so I that it, it just felt like to me that they could throw the six to seven yard sit route to Dallas Goddard whenever they wanted. Like Dallas was conceding that pass all game long, and I don't understand it considering that was really their only weapon they had. Like why allow that? Why not challenge? Philadelphia and make them throw the ball down the field to Greg Ward and our Sega Whiteside. Why let Why let Wentz be comfortable throwing to his tight ends in the middle of the field over and over again? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know that they had a, a methodology of trying to stop him. Like, I don't know how you know what I'm saying. Like I don't know what the what yeah, the thought process of how 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 do we stop him? I I think they put Byron on him a couple times and it worked, but I, I don't know that they. I just felt like they didn't feel comfortable doing that full time. You know, I mean they were getting their they were getting their hands on some football. I mean, Byron had a pass deflection. Xavier Woods almost had an interception. Man, imagine if he had picked that ball off. Oh, Marcus oh. Lawrence knocked I think at least a pass or two down. So you know I think they. You know, it's they're 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 there, but no one's making a play. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing is I, I believe this is nine games this season where the Cowboys have not had a turnover. I mean, not, that's that's incredible that you can go so many games without being able to make a play, and then they have you know three or four other games where they just have one. So, you know, when you when you can't create turnovers, you allow teams to. You know, be really successful on third downs. You give up, you know, big chunk plays after the catch. Uh, it, it's not a surprise that this defense has taken a big, big step. I got to say, of um, the two sides, I mean, I, I know that Garrett's got to go, but uh, defensive coaching has got to be first out the door to me. It's just been, I mean. And, and I, I agree, but do you think that's more because of scheme or because of effort, consistency, tackling, et cetera? Those et cetera? are not two separate things. The, the, the I mean, scheme, I, I agree, the scheme like, is it, effort, and and you know what I'm saying. Like it's simplicity, that, so you better play fast. And they're confused and playing slow, so that's you know that's coaching. The the third and one run call from the goal line, where the Cowboys only had was two interior defenders, when they basically they just ran the draw. You could see it coming from a mile away, and Dallas had no chance of stopping that pretty good to harbinger to show you what what's happening with this team on defense i mean it's just it's just a it's just a group that's not very well i mean they're not just they're not coached well and it's no matter how much talent they have on that side of the ball they're not set up for success uh we're going to be talking about this game more this week we're going to answer your questions on tomorrow's show uh so make sure you guys continue to stay with us here on the locked on cowboys podcast make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on itunes or wherever you get your podcast, follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild. Or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.